Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Thank you. Uh, welcome, everyone, today. Uh, so Jordan and I, this is my brother Jordan, I'm David. We were asked to do uh, a sermon on a time in our life where we had to transition that was particularly difficult for us. Um, my transition definitely won't be the toughest transition I ever had to face, um, but I think it prepared me for the other transitions I did have faced in my life. Um, so that's why I chose this one. I'm really excited to talk about it. And I thought the best way to start would be to introduce myself. Um, and I realized that's kind of a difficult thing for me to do. Um, and this also relates to the transition I'm talking about, because I think in a very roundabout way, what I'd be doing is explaining to you or trying to convince you why I have value. I could uh, explain what I do so well that someone pays me for it and I can pay all my bills on time. And maybe you guys think, uh, wow, he must be valuable if, if someone will pay him to do that work. Or I could talk about um, my fiance who is very beautiful and very real, and she's wonderful. <laughs> uh, and um, I, thought, I even thought about maybe trying to get them to put up pictures of us together smiling, and you guys could think, wow, if a beautiful woman would agree to marry him, he must have value. But I think there's real danger in, um, in combining your identity with what gives you value. Because even though I do think those things give me value, what happens um, if I get fired? Or what happens if my fiancé leaves me? then my identity goes with those things. Uh, So instead of doing those things, I decided to introduce myself this way. My name is David Vargas, and I've struggled with identity, with my identity for most of my life. Uh, My name is Jordan, and my introduction will not be that good. Uh, So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I love Disney, musicals, sports, chess, outer space ant farms, and Camp Kalakwa. Uh, David and I have an older brother as well. So I grew up in a household with two other brothers. Uh, the three of us, pretty rambunctious boys. Uh, that means my mother lived in a home with a husband and three rambunctious boys. Uh, Mom, God bless you for putting up with us. Uh, and with that, happy Mother's Day to you and to all moms who put up with all of us for so long and still continue to share God's love through their love for us. Uh, so happy Mother's Day um, to anyone to whom that may apply. Um, as you can imagine, there wasn't a lot of peace and quiet in our home growing up. Uh, the three of us were only six years apart. We were very close. Um, we had a lot of the same interests. There was virtually, it was virtually impossible to have a moment to yourself in our home. Uh, Words and phrases often used in our home growing up. Stop picking on me. Leave me alone. Stop being such a baby. Get out. Do it yourself. That's not true. He's lying. I'm telling mom and dad. Uh, I'm sure many of you can relate to those either as a parent or as a sibling. Um, um, Words and phrases not often used in our home growing up. Quiet time. Uh, 
meditation, right? Those weren't things that we necessarily had a lot of just because there was so much busyness all the time. But that said, I absolutely loved it. It's one of the biggest blessings of my life. Uh, and it played a significant role in how I viewed relationships of all kinds. So my story starts my freshman year of high school. Um, obviously, that's a big transition for me, uh, or for most people in general, because they're going from middle school to high school, new environment, um, big world, and you kind of get to reinvent yourself or discover yourself if you'd like. So I saw that as a great opportunity because when at that school, when I was a freshman, my brother Jordan was a senior. Um, and he was captain of the football team and he was captain of the basketball team uh, and he was super popular and he was, um, respectful, responsible. Everyone loved him. Uh, the, um, the teachers adored him and, uh, and the, and his peers adored him. He was the man at the school. And so I thought, I'll just, I'll do that. I'll be just like him. I'll do that. And I'll be really happy and everything will be great. So the first step in that, uh, was to, um, play football. So I played football and they were like, yeah, you're pretty good. As a freshman, you should play junior varsity. And I was like, this is going exactly as I hoped. And everyone (laughs) looked and said, wow, he's just like his brother. He's going to be fantastic. And then I tried out for the basketball team and they were like, yeah, you can start on the freshman team. Uh, And I was like, this is going exactly as I wanted to go. Uh, I was really happy. And, um, and I thought I had my identity. But uh, an issue came when I decided it was a really difficult decision that I didn't want to play football on the Sabbath. So football had to become a part of my past. Um, it got even more complicated. I still had hope that I would, I would be like Jordan. I don't have to be the best at every sport. Like Jordan, I could just, you know, pick, uh, pick a few. Um, but that year, which was my junior year, I tried off the basketball team. And the coaches didn't think I was good enough to be a part of the basketball team's future. So that had become a part of my past as well. Um, that was really, really difficult for me. I was in a situation where I felt like my uh, identity was taken away from me because I feel like people would look at me and they would kind of be a little, a little confused as who are you? Because I, I really enjoyed the benefit of being Jordan's brother and kind of being uh, everything that he was because some of the most popular kids in the school as I was passing by like upperclassmen would say hi to me, you know, they'd, they'd give me one of those. And I'd be like, that's, I, and, and then the, my other freshman would be like, wow, like, you know them, you know her, you know him. Um, and I, and I, I was just so happy. But at, when I stopped playing uh, football, when I stopped playing basketball, I started to gain some other interest. And I started to become interested uh, in the arts. I was already in orchestra and that became more important to me. And I really enjoyed it. I started getting more interested in, in drama and in, in choir. Um, and I noticed those, those head nods started to kind of go away. Those upperclassmen didn't really acknowledge me because I feel like they, they felt that they, they know me before when I was playing sports. Um, but now it was one big giant question mark to them. And so those started to go away. Um, and it was a really difficult situation because I really did love the arts. I really did. I, and I really didn't miss the sports as much as I thought I would. So I kind of wanted to embrace this new identity in my life, but I felt like I had to leave my value at the door if I were to do that. Um, because all of my value came in, in what I thought it was in being exactly what my older brother was. In 2014, I had big changes, both geographically and emotionally. Uh, I had recently graduated uh, with my bachelor's from UCF uh, while also reaching the end of a long-term relationship. 
Uh, I started an internship at Forest Lake Academy as the assistant boys dean. And uh, this meant moving from Melbourne, where I'd lived my whole life up until that point, uh, to Orlando. Um, Many people who grew up in Christian homes uh, experience a point in which their faith stops becoming their parents' faith and starts becoming their faith. Uh, For me, that happened while I was in that long-term relationship. Uh, I was blessed to experience all of that during that period of my life. But I realized even after committing, recommitting my life to God in that, while in that relationship, I found that my fulfillment and happiness came exclusively through her and not through God. Because that relationship had ended, some serious challenges were waiting for me in Orlando. Here's what I learned. I was scared and incredibly uncomfortable being alone. In Orlando, I had no friends. And I had no relationship to take my mind off of having no friends. Hear what I'm saying. It wasn't just that I was afraid to be by myself. It's that it was uncomfortable for me because I literally didn't know what to do with myself. Think about this. Virtually my entire life, I was never alone. I always had someone around who I was deeply close with, whether it was my brothers or whether it was a significant other. Uh, As a response to this loneliness, I found myself texting friends, exclusively women, whenever I felt lonely. But it wasn't just finding comfort, value, and affirmation in a significant other. I found myself immensely alone in other ways, and I didn't realize it until a friend pointed out to me. One of the issues in my transitions, in my transition, uh, was what people thought about me, what people viewed me as. Um, I felt very vulnerable and very insecure having um, my, my old friends look at me as a giant question mark. And the new environments that I wanted to go into in choir and orchestra and drama, um, I feel like I wasn't really accepted uh, fully there because I had already had an identity. It wasn't like I, was, I wasn't anyone before and I was looking for something. I was already someone who seemed very secure and had an identity going into this new world. Um, and I was really, really concerned about how people viewed me and also what people said to me. Um, I had another athlete at the school tell me that I hid behind my religion in order to quit football, mm-hmm. um, which was really, really far from the truth, but it also really, really hurt. Um, and I, that kind of confused me because I thought if it's not true, it, it shouldn't hurt. Another student told me that I was um, uh, a horrible basketball player uh, and they were glad I didn't make the team. And that was true. Uh, <laughs> but but it, it hurt just as much as the lie. Hmm. In Exodus two fourteen through 11, it says, One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that, and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. 
So they didn't say anything that was untrue to Moses mm-hmm. or even unfair. In 1 Samuel 17, 28, it says, David's oldest brother heard him speaking with the other men. He burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did, and with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down here only to watch the battle. And we all know David was prepared to do much more than just watch the battle. So that was a lie. What I'm saying is the truth hurts, but lies hurt too. I won't say that I ever stopped caring what people thought about me because I'll always care what people thought about me. But I can't let that stop me from being who God made me to be. I heard a lot of cliches from a young age, like God made you and he doesn't make mistakes or you are so valuable in God's eyes. And I wish I had the maturity at that young age to understand and accept those truths, but I didn't. The reality is that God is the most resourceful communicator ever. Mm. And he can use cliches. We can also use mentors, friends, strangers, uh, books, and of course the Bible and many other things. But for me, he used success in my specific experiences, in my new interest to help me gain confidence in who I was and who he made me to be. When I started having success in those fields, I began to hear one compliment a lot over and over again that I'd never heard until this point in my life, uh, which was that, David, you're really creative. Uh, And I just kept hearing that word. uh, And I realized, well, God used people in my life to help me realize that I had been suppressing a talent he gave me. Mm. Then all these cliches started to make more sense to me. When I was younger and heard those cliches, I believed them, but I thought they were true because God was settling because he's such a great person. That's what everyone says. He's such a great being. So he loves me because, and he cares for me. He thinks I'm special because he's that great of a guy. But that's not really true. God didn't see me as a pre-made sandwich. He mobile ordered me. And I came ready on time exactly as he ordered me. Uh, and that, gave, that, that realization just gave me so much confidence. And it gave me so much security. And I stopped being afraid or as afraid of what people would think or what they would say. And I was uh, just so relieved at the confidence that gave me. When I first stopped playing football uh, and I felt judged, I used a little loophole. Uh, I kind of explained why I wasn't playing football anymore. And, they, and other people started saying, oh, you can't because of your religion. And I was like, yeah, I can't because of my religion. So you can't judge me because it's not my choice. Mm. But I knew that wasn't true. And I knew that if I was giving myself, even then, the most unbiased advice that I could give myself, it would be that that's not the truth. And just own it and tell them. And so after I came to that realization of who I was through Christ, I had the confidence, even though it was still incredibly scary, to start correcting my teammates and my friends. And when they said, oh, you can't play football, I would correct them and say, I can. It's my choice. I'm choosing not to. And this is why I'm choosing not to. Uh, That was really scary. But I learned from that experience that I can't choose whether I'm scared or not. But I can choose if I submit to my fear or not. When I feel led by God in any decision from from that moment forward, I may be scared, but I don't have to wonder if it is unsafe. I would leave the TV on uh, in my apartment uh, when I was working at FLA. It was my first time living alone. And the first few times where I'd come into my apartment and there was no noise, 
it was very uncomfortable for me. I wasn't used to coming home to no noise. So what I started doing was I would leave the TV on. So that way when I came home, I would come home to noise. I didn't think it was a huge deal. Uh, Probably still isn't. But what it was indicating was something deeper. One of my favorite things to do was watch uh, my favorite team play football on Sundays. I grew up a huge Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Every Sunday, me and my brothers would watch football together. Um, I continued watching those games when I was living by myself at FLA. I felt lonely during those games. I didn't know why. And guys, it is incredibly scary to feel lonely and not know why. It's one thing to know why you feel alone and whether or not you choose to address it. It's another thing to feel empty and not know why you feel empty. Thankfully, my friend pointed out to me, Jordan, football isn't just about watching football to you. It represents your family. It represents memories uh, and a bond, a deep bond that you share with your brothers. And I realized that he was right. I learned to challenge my faith. I learned how to trust God. I challenged myself not to reach out to people just because I was lonely. I had used relationships, even friendships, as a crutch, not as a tool. I learned to express to my brothers that I wanted to talk to them. I missed them. I wanted to hang out with them. That communication became a tool. I really want to focus on trust in God here. This is a lesson that we hear time and time again in church. Trust God with the unknown. But this journey for me turned into something way more nuanced than trust. During that time, I dug deep into the Bible, looking for answers, and came across countless devotionals, Bible stories, and verses about that. Verses like Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope for the power, uh, with, by the power of the Holy Spirit. I realized I kept focusing a lot on the trust part and totally skipping over the joy part. And I really want to focus on that. I think a lot of times as Christians, we do that. We trust in God. And really, we trust in God when the point comes to where we really don't have any other choice but to trust in God. And we do it reluctantly. I've seen that in my own life. You can't tell someone who's going through a trial and they're not expressing their joy, but they're saying, yeah, I trust God, but, 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 they don't exactly have a great attitude about it. And you can't tell them, hey, you should have a good attitude about it. That's insensitive, right? And don't get me wrong, there's a place to lament and be frustrated and express your frustration to God. But as Christians, we view trusting God a lot like taking out the trash. I'm only going to do it when I really have to. And even while I'm doing it, I'm not happy that I'm doing it. 
right? No one's sitting here waiting to take out the trash. And if you have, and, and while I'm taking out the trash, someone shouldn't come up to me and be like, hey, you know what? You should be happier that you take out the trash, right? Growing up in a household with three brothers, I didn't like taking out the trash. That wasn't my mess, right? Only one fifth of that was mine. I really didn't like taking out the trash. As Christians, we often view trusting God in the same way we view taking out the trash. That year turned into me learning how to let God be my comforter. Second Corinthians chapter one, verses three through four says, praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. There's a lot of comfort in those verses. I learned to revel in the quiet. I learned that there is a monumental difference between silence and stillness. Sometimes during that period of my life, sometimes I just wanted a hug, man. I just I wanted someone to hug. Thankfully, through that challenging geographical and emotional transition, I learned that God could hug my heart. And while physically that feels very different, emotionally and spiritually, feeling the father say, it's okay, I'm here in that stillness, outweighed the comfort that I previously craved from other people. That's the stillness. That's the joy in the trust. God helped me through that transition. And now... I whistle when I take off the trash. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians. All focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.